Hey, Cap fans, it's Rick here, and wanted to give you a quick message before you start listening to the episode, because you're going to notice a few strange things. One, uh, the music's different. Uh, I went to uh, edit the, the podcast, and the music that I typically use is no longer available. So um, didn't want to throw you off with the intro music, but um, something's, so we I added something different. Um, two, you're going to hear that my microphone sounds awful. Um, I sound like I'm in the kitchen with Bob. But uh, I'm working on it. Um, should have it fixed in a couple of episodes. So I didn't want that to throw you off either. Um, and then lastly, um, we also have a new format. So we're, we're making some changes. We'll talk about that in the episode. So uh, I wanted to just point that out. So in case you uh, absolutely hate change, uh, you're not going to like this episode. But if you love Captain America, keep listening. So, um, oh yeah, by the way, Stick around for the very end because we will talk about our next episode, which has some really exciting guests. Did I say guests plural? Yes. Yes, I did. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 90 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is Rick Verbonis. I'm your host, and I'm joined by Bob Lucius. The best gosh darn co-host out there. Hey, Bob. Hello. I love you. Won't you tell me your name? Hello. I love you. <laughs> jump in your game. Hello. You stay I out of my you. game, Rick. You tell me your uh, no, name. No, 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 no. You stay out of my game. <laughs> yeah? No? Yeah, again, no, jump no. in your game? Don't get Just stay out of my game, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. all right. Well, that was, uh, that was uh, by the doors. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right a number uh-huh. one hit what year was that a number one hit bob could that have been 1967 no bob it would have been 1968 oh huh. uh, but but i get your guess yeah. uh-huh. because the comics that we're covering today technically yeah came out at the end of 1967 but they had cover date of january 1968 through april of 1968 yes you so know what else came out at the end of 1967 this guy (laughs) (laughs) oh well we'll, yeah we'll have to ask mrs lucius about that uh we'll have to have her on as a guest right yeah how that how that day happened yeah uh well listen that's great that's fantastic um welcome everybody to to the captain america comic fans podcast uh we've got a, a pretty fun episode for you today we are covering Tales of Suspense, issues 97, 98, 99, and then bridging into Captain America's first ongoing series in the Silver Age, Captain America 100. So we wanted to, uh, to go through that. Now, I will tell you, Bob, the marketing guy in me really wanted to like wait until episode 100 to do Captain America 100. Mm-hmm. But episode 100 is going to be a uh, it's it's slated to be a um, an interview. Uh, so it's going to be our interview that comes out in um, in a couple months. So we figured, OK, we'll go ahead and do this now. It's been a while since we got into the way, way back machine and, and visited the late 60s. So here we are. 
here we are. And there's a lot to uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to, to uh, explore in these issues. Uh, and I always love when we, we go in the way, way back machine, because, um, you know, a lot of us have read these stories so many times, but sometimes we don't just sit and think about them, you know, or uh, talk about them with somebody else. And there's there's funny things that I think, you know, you might notice or I might notice or uh, that's just awesome to explore together. And I, I bet our listeners feel the same way that, you know, we'll bring up some stuff that maybe they hadn't seen, or maybe, maybe they'll remember some stuff about these stories or notice some things that they can let us know after. And uh, we could talk about in the Facebook group or they could leave a, leave a message. Yeah, no, it's, it's always great getting the feedback. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we, cause we did ask for some feedback from the listeners and uh, you guys didn't disappoint. You, you certainly made your, your, your voices heard on in our Facebook group. Another way you can make your voices heard is uh, by leaving us a review. Um, if you go into uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, and leave us a five star review, we would be incredibly grateful for that because it does help us get um, a little bit more notice on on uh, iTunes and and Apple. Um, so we got another one. Um, I want to go ahead and read a five star review. And uh, this one comes from KCG. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the same KCG that uh, joined the Facebook group a couple of months ago. And uh, he's, he's a, a great member of the group, some, some good comments, posts. Um, but here is his five-star review on Apple. And the, uh, the topic, the subject he gave was, my go-to for Captain America comic book goodness. Rick and Bob have put together a wonderfully consistent, fun, and educational podcast centered around Captain America comics. Different eras, plots, different captains, and their villains all get their due. Their exploration of the artists, writers, colorists, anchors, and editors has bolstered my appreciation of their contributions, in particular, Mike Zek. Thanks, Casey. Uh, their deep dives helped me understand my connection to 1980s Cap through their interview with J.M. DeMatteis. That was a really good interview. Mm -hmm. The love continues through the Cap comic book Facebook page as well. I found my tribe. Well, we're, we're happy you found us. And, and uh, thank you very much for that review. Uh, that was very, very nice of you. That was awesome. Yeah. And you have found your tribe, buddy. Yes. Uh, you found your peeps. Um, so yeah, if you if you don't mind, uh, please go on to Apple uh, Podcasts and uh, leave us a five star review, and and we will uh, read it here on on the uh, on the show. What else you got, Rick? Well, I wanted to talk about, and, and it's funny that Casey said you guys are really consistent. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, so we. We did talk about this uh, a couple of episodes ago about <clears throat> um, wanting to get people's feedback on on the format of the show because we had put a, a poll out in the Facebook group um, a, a couple months ago, I guess, and there were a couple comments about, "Hey, I would listen more if you guys didn't like actually read the comic." And I was like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder how many more people feel that way. So I, I went ahead and posted in the group um, a poll and it was, it was pretty simple. You know, I explained, uh, you know, behind the reasoning of what we're doing here. And uh, because, you know, what we typically do is uh, 
we go ahead and uh, except for the the first episode of every month is the interview, right? Um, and then the remaining episodes is mostly me reading, acting out the comics, um, and then you and I, Bob, um, we give our thoughts, we give our comments, we we make some jokes, we we go on some tangents, um, and so that's been the format, right? For for now, you know, going on almost ninety episodes, uh, but. We're wondering, should we continue to read and act out the comics? Or, or maybe do we just simply talk about the story? Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I thought that it was going to go the opposite. Um, two-thirds of, of the, the people voting said, only talk about the story. No reading, acting out. And then the other third said, don't change the format. Keep it as is. I, I really thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought it was going to be two-thirds you know, the way we've had it. But it turns out um, not the case. Now, there's some interesting comments. Uh, should I should I go through some of these? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so James Foley, who is uh, one of our a longtime patrons, uh, said uh, um, he he voted um, only talk about the story. And he said, I want to caveat my response with as needed or desired, still read out a panel or page as needed for discussion. I'll listen no matter how you decide. Um, James Edward Barr said, I'm conflicted. Sometimes the panel by panel reading can sound awkward and a more general discussion might be better. On the other hand, some good bits come from some of those panels that might be overlooked in a broader discussion and could be hard to talk about without a good bit of context. So I guess do what feels right. If you wanna go deep in an issue, go panel by panel. You want to discuss a storyline or topic more broadly, do that. Uh, Paul Kitchen, also one of our patrons, um, he said that uh, I typically like the readings. However, I'm not at all opposed to pausing and going on tangent discussions about the story or general discussions about the issue at the end. You can't please everybody. I think you do a fine job of mixing it up. That's my two cents. So that's basically what we've been doing, right? Um, Michael C. Johnson, who's a new patron, said, as someone who hasn't read a lot of the older books and as someone who er, doesn't necessarily see the same things other people do, I enjoy the readings because you call out things I may have missed or misinterpreted. Um, Grant Ball, also longtime patron, um, I'm kind of in the same boat as James Foley, where I don't want the readings to go away completely. And reading specific panels is always good, but I don't need a panel by panel recap. So I'd imagine the whole thing as a spectrum rather than an either or situation. And I'd just like to see things dialed a little bit more towards the discussion side of things. All that said, though, it's obvious that Rick has refined his method in voice acting. So the readings have been much more interesting than they might otherwise have been. And I still enjoy those episodes. You're like, you're like, uh, you know, I don't know if you, you know. I'm not a big Batman guy, but I know there's that guy uh, who voices Batman and Bruce Wayne in a lot of the animated films. But I think his name's like Kevin Conroy or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't look at all like ba- Batman or Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, right? But his voice is Batman now for so many mm-hmm. people. It's like you, Rick. Like you are the voice of Steve Rogers now for so many people. 
So I hear, I hear Steve Rogers. In but my I head look like him. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> That's what I'm pulling from this. Bob, is that is also, you know, he doesn't look anything like Batman. Yeah, well, you dress differently. So, uh, mm. yeah. Mm. So, uh, but you know, I close my eyes and I hear Captain America. It's, uh-huh. it's now Rick Romanus. So, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Same with the Red Skull. Thank you. <laughs> Hair Bob. I also just wanted to say Red Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> uh, Seth Talley, uh, also a longtime patron, he said, I prefer general discussion over panel to panel reading. I'll still listen either way, though. And then Capman, also longtime patron, uh, I can't vote because, well, yes, you can. There's, there's a little click lever thing. Maybe, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, He says, because I don't want you to completely stop the readings, but as I've said, I'd like it to be less every panel. It makes the episodes very long. And of course, any issues from 2004 or earlier, I've read myself many times. Personally, I definitely think you should keep reading the new issues that come out. But I guess that means he's not going to buy them. (laughs) And he wants us to read them read them for them yes I guess I yeah, they're, they're gonna get um, sued yeah yeah but look even beyond this specific question the podcast is a great thing for us cap fans and we'll still be very happy with whatever you want to do to make it better for yourself because it's got to be a lot of time and effort why thank you yes we appreciate that very much uh richard field i love the readings please don't let them go away some books i've never read and like to hear the action myself uh michael udlock I personally don't think it's an either or proposition. Determine the purpose as you plan those episodes. If there is a fantastic story plot that has some nuances that need dramat- uh, dramatizing. Dramatizing? Did I say Ding. that, <laughs> Did I say that right? Dramatizing? Yes. Yeah. Then, then go for a full read. If there are themes you want to pull out, then edit the parts you read. You might find far fewer two plus hour long episodes as others have said i will be listening either way now here's the next part and bob i actually like this idea and i think maybe we could have some fun with this like i don't know once or twice a year Mm -hmm. but maybe you should organize a community theater type of group that Mm -hmm. volunteers as voice actors to fully dramatize some key issues I'm sure you have time for that kind of production, don't you, Bob? And Rick? <laughs> Bob's yeah. like, sure I do. I just show up. I just show up, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and I and I said, you know, that's a great idea. You know, what role do you want, Michael? And he said, with all the hard work you have already put in, you deserve the role of Cap Steve. Mm. Bob can do Nick Fury. I love it. Yeah, I would happy to be the narrator. Yeah. We gotta have you know you're now if, correct if I'm wrong, but your your son is uh, interested in theater, right? Uh, he's a theater major. He's, yeah, he's so one year like, away from graduating. So it sounds like he should be organizing this for us, you know, so that we have some professional oversight. You know what? That's that's a really good idea. It might look good yeah. on his resume, too. right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll so, talk. About, I'll talk to him about that tomorrow. Yeah. All right, nice. Uh, one other comment um, we got from. Uh, Tom, uh, is it Kime? I don't know how to pronounce it. Kame, Kime. Um, he's also a patron, uh, new, new patron. So we appreciate that. A lot of patrons have, have kind of, they're like, Hey, we've got thoughts on this. We're, we're invested. Um, so I, and I appreciate all of them, every yeah. bit of them. 
Tom said, personally, I think that it should be a combination of the discussion reading. I enjoy the podcast so much. I will listen either way. Thanks for asking for our opinion. But in this case, I will defer to your decision. So, Bob, um, what are your thoughts? What do you you said before? Hey, you know, the listeners, it's 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 the listeners. We need to pay attention to what the listeners think. What do you so here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think, and I think you know, if you if you listen to some of those comments, uh, listen if you if you read some of those comments, I I think the issue often is the length of the podcast, right? Because uh, a few folks have mentioned that that uh, you know some of them are like two hours, two and a half hours. That's hard for people who are commuting, even if you you listen on the way to work and the way back. So that might be sort of the driving concern for a lot of folks. Not necessarily the reading panel by panel, but when the reading by panel by panel leads to very long issues. So I, I, I got to disagree. Really? I totally disagree. A hundred percent. Because okay. first of all, I think only one person brought it up. Two you people, brought it up. Two people brought it you up. You brought it up because I think it's more of something that you're concerned about there than others. I don't think, I, I think most, all these comments have been focused on about reading it. Uh, not, not, not about the length. Cause listen, the commute argument is not a good argument, right? Cause you, you don't go to work one day. Right. I mean, you know, you can you can pick up where you left off the next day. So I, I, I'm I'm less concerned about the length because, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> says the guy who spends all the time right. editing well, it. Right. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. No, I, I think this has all been about whether or not we should read it or not. Hmm. All right. Well, OK. I mean, do you think what how would you do you think we should continue to read it or do you think like the, the listeners kind of like let's let's pull that back some i as i i've said this before Rick, that i think you know if we are doing single issues or at most two issues then i think it makes sense to take the time and, and read through them but if we're doing uh you know multiple issues three issues four issues and trying to read all of them in a single episode then I, I think for me, very long episodes, it's very hard to maintain the interest of a listener. Even if you could pause it and listen to it over uh, several days, I'm, I'm not interested in podcasts that are longer than 45 minutes to an hour. I won't, I won't even download them. Um, that, that's just me though. That's, I mean, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts for that matter, but I do, I, I do pay attention to the length of them because my attention span, quite honestly, will not sustain me through a two hour podcast. And so it's not necessarily the reading panel by panel. It's, it's not even, you know, the format of the podcast that much. It, the thing that I look at is, is length and if it can sustain my interest for, you know, that duration. Well, that's a good point. And I'm sure there's a, there's a few people out there who feel the same way as you. Um, we just haven't really heard too much back. Cause I know you posted that message uh, a day ago and no one were actually um, responded to that. If, uh, but by all means, listeners, if you, if there's a perfect uh, length of a podcast that you feel that we it would be best for us to stick, try to stick within, let us know. Um, you know, I mean, ideally we try to be around an hour, um, but sometimes it go a little longer. Now we are, and I, I think we need to be fair to our, um, series of the, the, the captain. Um, we've got three more parts to that. Uh, so we're five parts in with three parts to go. So I think we probably have to stay and finish those out the way we did, um, but 
I think moving forward, let's 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 do more talking about the comic and less reading it. And then, you know, the panels that we feel uh, stand out, like some people have said, you know, we'll, we'll go through them. And personally, Bob, I think this is more about you and your your sound effects than it is about me reading the, the panels. I, I think I think people are really just like the sound effects weren't cutting it. Yeah, well, that's probably true. I mean, I'm not professionally trained. I've been meaning to, to take an online course uh, in sound effect voicing, but, you know, like everything, it's just, you know, it's on the list of things to do. Right, right. Yeah, right. so. All right, well, the, let's... Boom! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> let's get to uh, today's comics, right? So, uh, Tales of Suspense uh is been going on since um since the 50s and at some point um about 40 issues ago they introduced iron man and then iron man had his own story and then um uh shortly thereafter when uh, four years four years ago uh when captain america was brought back in avengers 4 they decided to to give cap his own story uh, alongside Iron Man and Tales of Suspense. And so they um, had their, you know, alternating stories. It was Tales of Suspense starring Iron Man and Captain America. And then they would, uh, sometimes they'd both be on the cover. Um, sometimes, you know, they would alternate back and forth. You know, they would do an Iron Man cover and then the next issue cap cover. Um, and then inside, typically it started with the the Iron Man story, but uh, then the second story was cap. Occasionally they moved it around, but um, so that was kind of common, uh, back in, in, in the fifties and sixties, um, when they were doing these anthology books, right? So they had Tales of Suspense, they had, uh, uh, Tales to Astonish, right? They had these other books out there that were horror stories, they were fantasy, they were science fiction. And then Stanley, Jack Kirby, realized hey these superheroes really are really taking off like people want the superhero stories and that's when you know for instance hulk you know was the main uh feature of, of tales to astonish and and i just went through Epic, uh, iron man and cap um so they basically in the late 60s started started phase these anthology books out and then give them their own series so Cap inherited Tales of Suspense numbering, which is why Cap's first Silver Age issue uh, is issue 100. And I don't know about you, Bob, but that always kind of confused me. Sure. Yeah. Confused a lot of people. Yeah. When they look at that. Yeah. And, um, and then Iron Man uh, ended up getting his own series starting with issue number one. Same thing, uh, like I mentioned, you know, Tales of Astonish, you know, Hulk, that became, you know, the Hulk series and so on so um so that's kind of if you're if you're listening to this and you're like i don't understand tail suspense 97 98 99 then it's cap 100 that's the reason yeah yeah a lot of uh a lot of a lot of great series spun out of uh out of tales to astonish uh strange tales and tales of suspense yeah that was a that was a wonderful time yeah a hundred percent uh, yeah, because you talked about a little bit uh, 
Nick Fury, Agent of Shield there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then Doctor Strange came out. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of Submariner had his own series. Yep, yep. So good times. So Tales of Suspense number ninety-seven uh, came out in October of nineteen sixty-seven, but it had a cover date of January nineteen sixty-eight. And on the cover, uh, it features Iron Man um, being uh, attacked by Whiplash. Um, and uh, this was actually the first appearance of Whiplash, uh, which ends up being a, a re- reoccurring uh, villain for Iron Man. But we want to talk about the, uh, the second part of the story, and it's called And So It Begins. And so uh, this is written by Stan Lee. Penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Joe Sinnott, uh, letterer, letterer Artie Sinnott. And uh, all of these stories start with uh, Captain America, living legend of World War II, because really that was his shtick. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what everybody knew him as. Uh, he was the leftover, you know, from World War II. So a man out of time. But Frank, Frank, quite frankly, it was only you know, 20 years, uh, right. which, which seems odd to us now for a character who's been around 80 years. You know, he's you know, someone from World War II to us seems like an ancient time, right? But back then, really wasn't. You know, 20 years was just like one generation, if, if that. Right, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, uh, I'm 54, um, as you and know, Bob, right? you don't look a day over fifty-three. It's funny you should mention that. Thank you. I actually, I, I, uh, I, I, I have a. I took a group on a field trip yesterday. I had two student uh, tour guides. One of them is always with me. One of them was a second person. The second person said that I looked forty-two when I. I said that the the wind blowing through the bamboo, the creaking, sounded like I did when I get up <laughs> in the morning. And he said, How, "Why? You're just forty-two." And I said, "You're uh, you're not my day." You're now my permanent tour guide. The other one, I said, you're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> so, but, but anyways, about 54, right? So if you think about it, somebody who served in World War II at, at 21, 20 years later, they're 41, right? That, that's still a youngster, you know, from my perspective, right? I know, so, right? So in this time, yeah, I mean, reading these retrospectively, you think about, oh my God, he's still going on about World War II. It was still so fresh, in the minds of the public, and particularly guys like Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby, Joe Sinnott, Artie Simic, you know, the, these were these were still. I mean, it was in the recent past. That's funny you should say that. I was I was um, I was in the car yesterday with my daughter, uh, who's almost sixteen, <clears throat> and uh, Rolling Stones song "Undercover of the Night." came on mm-hmm. and i i kind of just smiled and i was like when that song came out i think i was 13 ish you know so a little younger than what my, my daughter's age and i remember thinking to myself the rolling stones they're like old <laughs> right like they're they're a band from the 60s yeah right. they're still rocking good for them yeah now i look at it and like Mick Jagger was like 41 at the time. <laughs> yeah, right. And I and I'm like, I'm saying to my daughter, like, you know, perspective, wow. You know what I mean? It's like, everything. you know, like, yeah. you know, 41 was old, you know, back then. Right. And you know, and it's funny, I think 
I think Bobby, I think my kids, I, I don't think they look at us and think of us as old, right? Yeah. Because we're youthful in our, well, first of all, in our hobby, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, tend to have a lot of fun and our personalities, things like that. But, but yeah, it's funny. It's just so funny, you know, how yeah. you, you, you know, you're at a certain age and you look at someone and you're like, oh my God, they're so old. Yeah. I think of it like this, Rick, you know, 1968 to World War II is like right now to the mid nineties. Shut up. <laughs> right. So that is the perspective like that this story was written from. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So someone right? just all of a sudden got unfrozen, you know, from, and they're like, oh, I just woke up from the nineties. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. It's not that different, right? Yeah. Cell phones are more colorful now, but yeah, carry on. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you know what that just sounds like? Uh, I I just saw a trailer for a Beavis and Butthead movie. There you go. Right. Yeah. You see that? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like they're from the nineties, right? Yeah. Don't they like go into some time warp and they show up in our time period or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So there you go. It's Beavis and Butthead. It's Steve Rogers. (laughs) So that's, I mean, that's an important perspective, I think, to keep in mind when, when reading these, you know, that. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, and so it begins and it says reintroducing the Black Panther. Cap has just received an urgent call for help, but upon reaching the site, he suddenly finds it's a trap. The rooftop's been mined. So he's this big, uh, splash page basically uh you know jack kirby and joe sennett's work and uh you know very kirby-esque uh with the explosions going on behind him and and boulders flying and debris flying and you see capping in all his glory um so next page uh he's he's now when i read this i was like what what's going on right and i went back to the issue before no, that story, this isn't picking up from that story. This no. is just Stan Lee and Jack Kirby deciding to throw the, the, the readers into action, like kicking off with like a big explosion. Way to, way to pull everybody in. Uh, so the next page, um, you know, Cap's going through uh, the debris and he's falling over the edge of a building but he manages to catch himself on the ledge with just his right boot. And just with the power of his right ankle is stopping himself from falling. Uh, and it's a really cool panel when you look at it, the, the second panel on the page, because it's from the perspective of looking down on Cap as he's holding the side of the building, being held up by the boot, looking down at the sidewalk, which appears to be three or four stories down and he's still holding onto his shield rick yeah i mean that takes some presence of mind right especially since the shield wasn't in his hand the panel above (laughs) good point right (laughs) yeah somehow the he recaptured the shield uh, on the fall down um but yeah so then these uh these two guys uh come up behind him um and they're they're from uh is it it the magia the maja how do you pronounce that maja Maja? i I don't know that's a good question um so the one guy's telling telling that the big 
thumper guy, you know, be careful. He could be faking. Uh, and he, and he's pulling him up from, from the edge. Uh, but he is, he's, he's playing possum and next page. He's like, you know, I'm going to be the top man in the syndicate when, when they find out that I'm the guy who polished off Captain America. And, but Cap wakes up from his possum and he headbutts him. Um, and uh, then he goes after the, uh, his uh, compatriot who's pulling out a, a, a gun and he's firing, um, takes him and stuffs him into what looks like a chimney kind of thing. Um, and then he, next page, he goes back and he starts, uh, taking on the big guy. And I love this. He goes, I've heard of you, big man. They say no one can dish it out like the mauler. Now let's see how you could take it. And he punches him, uh, right in the solar plexus. And in the, the little caption says, note, you'll never know how we were tempted to have Cap say, quote, enough said. But far as we know, he didn't say a thing. And Mahler just falls over. And then Cap thinks to himself, it seems that I'll never be truly safe, never able to let down my guard for an instant. But it's the price I must pay for being Captain America, a price I'll never stop paying for as long as I live. And then we cut to um, uh, Wakanda. We cut to the jungle. And we see Black Panther um, uh, kind of going uh, high above the, uh, the, the treetops. Um, and he's going to where he sees um, a bunch of his soldiers who are all wiped out. They're all uh, unconscious. Don't know if they're alive or not. Um, but they are laying down uh, in the jungle. And uh, Black Panther says, you know, after all these months of peace, this time of rebuilding or rededicating ourselves to the task of creating a, a proud nation where once only jungle had flourished, again, we are menaced by those who would destroy us. And again, we shall strike back and fight till victory or death. And so the next page, um, we see Black Panther um, kind of uh sensing that there's still men nearby uh and he he goes deeper into the jungle and then he he comes across them and he jumps on top of them assassins it was you who destroyed my outpost and they uh and, and these can you maybe describe for the listeners um these men that uh, black panther attacks yeah i mean they are are they not classic kirby uh, bad guys, Rick. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got uh, what looks to be sort of like white bodysuits on, but with this purplish armor that is uh, very Kirby-esque in its design and purple helmets with uh, a face piece that covers the upper half of their face. Again, all all in purple with, uh, with just quintessential Kirby-designed uh, energy rifles um, and uh, purple boots, you know, high, high top boots and... Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, they're they're quite quite stylish, I think, in their mm -hmm. uh, assassin garb. Yeah, and uh, he's he's going through them, uh, making short work of them. But uh, they uh, they go ahead and they um, they they shoot him, and they hit him with a ray. So the next page, uh, we see Cap, 
who is uh, got his mask off. Um, so he's showing that he's Steve Rogers and he's sitting in a police station going through um, uh, mugshots in a, in a book. Now, remember those? I don't, Rick. I haven't spent a lot of time uh, in police stations. <laughs> but, you know. You never different, watched different, a, t- a different life experiences, you know. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mugshot books. Yeah. yeah. I didn't ask you, like, you know, when you were fingerprinted <laughs> when, when you had a mugshot. Although, I will tell you a fun story. So, um, back in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe mid 80s, my mom worked at a police station. And she was, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a secretary. So, uh-huh. she, you know, she, but she worked at a police station. And I want to say sometime around 1980, give or take a year, um, I was going there after school for whatever reason. And they had some fun with me. And they were like, you know, do you want to get a mugshot? Do you want to, you know, and I <laughs> did. I got a mugshot and I had... And, and and picture a 10, 10 year old chubby Rick, yeah. right? Um, who who's like, all right, I'm gonna put on my tough guy face. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh I'm like, yeah, I got like a you know, the picture this way, yeah, turn right. sideways, yeah, picture that way. And I got the thumbprints, and oh, and, the, and there's like a, this little square piece of paper where they they attach the um, the black and white photos to the right. to, and then you have like your your fingerprints and thumbprints underneath. I had that for the longest time. I don't know if I still own it. Oh gosh, I would love to find that. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it was kind of cool. Uh, you gotta, so, you yeah. gotta so I did have experience. There you you go. gotta find that and share. See, I knew it. I just had a sense about it. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. been down this road, scared straight. <laughs> I, I did. Good thing they got me a ten. <laughs> um, so, oh, by the way, so let's talk about. Let's, let's take a little break here and tell the listeners. Um, you know, with this new format that we're trying out, we're also trying out some. Uh, you know some little fun things that we want to do um, for each episode at the end of the episode, we want to have some, like you and I pick out a couple of things. Um, I thought it would be fun for us to pick out our favorite panel from the story. Right. So we could do that. Yeah. You and I both have a chance to pick out our favorite panel from the story. And then maybe the listeners, uh, you know, uh, in the comment section in the Facebook page, uh, they could say what their favorite panel is. And then Bob, you had a great idea uh, of something else that we could pick out at the end of the episode. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I spent so much fun in the Facebook group, Bobby Tessier's, uh, you know, the t-shirt Tuesdays, right? And I've seen so many great t-shirts. And, uh, and, I'm, and of course, I've seen recently your uh, customized uh, podcast t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it got me thinking about like, you know, it would be awesome to see some new t-shirts. So I thought it would be cool to either pick a, pick a line, you know, um, or a panel or an image or something from uh, the issues that we're reading and say, what would you love to see on a t-shirt? Awesome. Um, And then I think a third thing, which would be kind of fun is pick something that we want to put in the time capsule, right? Mm -hmm. Something that when we're reading this, we're like, wow, that is totally that year um, that, 
really represents, not represents, but just brings us, you know, thing makes us think about that year um, that this story took place. And uh, we'll, we'll throw it in the time capsule. I love it. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I love time capsules. Yeah. All right. So right now I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking maybe this, uh, this page right here might go in the time capsule for me. I'm, 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 it's possible, but you seeing cap go through a mugshot, uh, b- book, right. Yeah. Like, you know, and then, then, uh, seeing the car, the police car, um, cause it's totally a 1967 police car. And then you see the clothes of the people, you know, that they're wearing all the men have on hats, brimmed hats, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. the sport coats, you know, uh, so I, right now that's why this has got my early vote <clears throat> so as yeah. we go through maybe we could we could I love it yeah all right so cap um uh points out uh the the people that he went up against on on the roof and um he's like you know uh they were both members of the syndicate and so now um he feel they find out like okay well you, you know you're you're wanted by the syndicate. So, you know, you better sleep with one eye open, basically. Um, the doc checks him out. He's fine. Um, and then they, they, they go off in the police car and, uh, and, uh, the, uh, the one police officer says, you know, it it might be wise for you to take a vacation for a while in some other city, just until we get their most dangerous hoods behind bars. Um, the cap's like, I appreciate the advice, sir but I've never yet turned my back on a fight. So the next page, um, and again, kept, kept walking around the city with his mask off. So this is, this is, Hey, Steve Rogers is captain America. No big deal. No big deal. Carry um, on. Yep. And the police officers just take the advice of an old war horse and sleep with one eye open. And if you need help sing out, that's what we're here for, son. So I want to read this page because I think this is a good page. So Cap's going into his uh, apartment and he says, they're underpaid, overworked, and underappreciated. No one calls them superheroes or makes any fuss over them. And yet it's men like that, but thousands of unsung cops on the beat who keep our streets from turning into jungles and who make our cities safe, even for the unthinking cop haters themselves. But even though I know he was right, I can't run away from those who threaten me. It's too late now to start being cautious. Besides, I never know when she may need me. Strange how I still think of her as she. All I know of her is that she resembles the girl I once loved and lost so many years ago. Nick Fury calls her Agent 13. But to me, she's all I ever dreamed of, all I ever longed for. Yet I don't even know her name or where to find her. So interesting, right? Yeah. He's pining for Sharon Carter, who has not been named at this point and still is Agent 13. Oh. So speaking of Agent Carter, we turn to the next page and here is uh, her getting dressed and doing her hair and her makeup and uh putting on glasses and a hat 
because she's making herself to look like Irma Kroll, the most deadly female spy ever to reach these shores. What well, a name. Rick, who is, who, I, I'm confused because uh, there's obviously Sharon Carter in the first few panels, but in the bottom panel, it's a completely different woman. I know, right? The glasses, the hat, the oh, makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh. no, that's, that's Sharon. What? I know. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. And as for the real Irma, I'm sure you won't have time to get too lonely, my dear. Colonel Fury and his agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will soon be here to escort you to the FBI. But don't worry, Miss Kroll. I'll carry out your little mission in my own special way. And oh, look at Irma Kroll. She's she's wearing the same dress, same uh, yep. hair and glasses, and she's tied to a chair in a closet. And man, look at that death stare that she's giving her right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rick, here's a time capsule moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In that first panel, uh, as Sharon says, I, I've called Captain America twice at the number he had given me, but there was no answer. And now I've run out of time. And I'm like, why can't you just leave a message or text him? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> why didn't you just, uh, you know, yeah. hit, him, hit him up on Instagram? Or right. You know, send him a Facebook message or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those were sad days, huh? Back. back oh, again. when you sat, literally sat by the phone? Yeah, when you sat by the phone waiting for someone to call. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How did we survive? <laughs> I don't know. And so the valiant Agent 13 slowly disappears into the gathering darkness of one of the most perilous assignments of all. And then I feel like I need to read this. Oh, yeah, you do. If only I could tell him, if only he could know. Whatever may happen, whatever my fate, my last thoughts were of Captain America, the only man I've ever loved and have no idea what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so then Cap uh, hears a thump on the roof. So he puts his mask on, grabs his shield, and he decides to go out the window and climb up the building a la Spider-Man. Instead of waiting to be attacked, it's Captain America who will be the attacker. There's no one here. Nothing but that strange-looking sky craft. The sound I heard must have been at landing. But it's unmanned. It's a drone. And then there's a message that comes from it. This is Captain America, come forth. A radio voice. Is it a trap? But then, throwing caution to the wind, the red, white, and blue Avenger enters the ship only to find. And it's uh, T'Challa, Black Panther, but he's got his mask off and he's on a uh, video call. See, like Sharon could have done that, right? She could have just video right. called him. Yeah. Oh, well, I tried twice. Oh, well, love of my life. <laughs> la, la, la. Anyway, so T'Challa's there and he says, I'm the Black Panther, chief of all the Wakandans. You may check my credentials by contacting the Fantastic Four. No need for that. I've heard of you. But why this method of communication? Listen carefully as I explain. And then he thinks to himself, he's said to be one of the world's most benevolent monarchs, as well as the most wealthy and mysterious. When such a man speaks, other men listen. Now, I'll, I'll get to something in a minute. Mm -hmm. So we cut to him and he's, he's getting bandaged. Um, he's got bandages from, from his, his fight. 
And he talks about uh, my kingdom, peacefully nestled within the vast remote region, has suddenly come under attack. I myself was nearly slain in a recent encounter with the enemy. Only my speed and superior strength saved me. Then you need help in repelling a hostile invasion? No, it is no ordinary invasion you face. I have power enough, weapons enough, to repel any hostile force. In that case, why this call? Because, in some strange way, this danger is connected with you. And then he's getting um, his Black Panther garb on him by uh, one of his, his guards, saying that the, the enemy attacks. There's no more time to explain. You must come at once. Whatever dread secret is locked behind this deadly invasion, only you hold the key. You have my word as a chieftain. Say no more. Just tell me how to reach you. My ship glides on pre-programmed magnetic waves. Its operation is completely automatic. All you need to do is activate the starting device. Flying at mock speed, it will be bring you here in 53 minutes. What? Very precise. Cross Atlantic? 53 minutes? 53. Very I precise. I some of that Wakanda technology. Yeah. So uh, Cap thinks to himself, it can't be a trap. Not with the Black Panther body. How can I be connected with this invasion of a jungle kingdom? Well, this is where I learned the answer. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, the Wakanda language uses the English letters. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. And uh, yeah. apparently S for sore is the same in Wakanda as it is in English. Because he has to hit S for sore. Yeah, I, uh, but I, I now I'm like super curious what what G and W, uh, B, R, and L stand for. <laughs> Let's figure so. that out. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> you know, W is like uh, what? Uh, I want some water. Yeah, I will obviously land. Right, B okay. must be uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Um, oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. Um, yeah. G is uh, bring me some grub. <laughs> that's a grub call button yeah 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 and r is i'd like an extra roll please oh very nice <laughs> an extra warm roll oh be careful you don't know if that means like the, the yeah the, right right thing yeah. you can do a roll yeah. in the sky yeah um all right so again kirby does a masterful job um this last panel um as we get into the next issue uh look at all that the, the city uh, yeah. underneath you know it's that's new york and but then you see the 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 actual ship that that he's flying away in and cap better be careful he's sticking his head out the window and if it's going to get there at subsonic speed 53 minutes he better duck inside yeah you don't want to get hit by a bird a bird strike or something yeah but it's a very cool perspective right i mean this yeah that ship is taking off at sort of an angle uh, with the with the city spread out below, it's a very cool perspective that Kirby's done here. And so Steve thinks to himself, a tribal chieftain with a ship such as this. Somehow I feel this is only the first of many unexpected wonders that await me when I meet the Black Panther. All right, so we get to the the next issue, Tales of Suspense ninety eight, and this one actually has Cap on the cover this time, and it is Cap in his garb with his shield wrestling with the black panther in his uniform um and that's basically it it's the two of them and then kind of like a starburst behind them and it says 
Cap versus dot, 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 the Panther. Now, I read somewhere, Bob, something interesting here, um, that it was supposed to say Cap versus Black Panther. But they didn't want to confuse the readers with uh, Black Panther, um, the militant group. Right. Because that was really something that was going on during that time period. And quite frankly, Black Panther, the character, was not a household name. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Oh, that is interesting. That's um, a very contextualized uh, explanation here. Yeah, so when you look at this cover, it's Cap versus dot, 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 the. I think probably they had Black Panther there, and then at some point they maybe whited that out, put the dot, 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 and put the instead. Yeah. Um, but Interesting. Yeah, when, when you think of the, the character Black Panther, you know, he... He debuted, um, you know, about a year and a half before in the pages of Fantastic Four. So he was in, he was in Fantastic Four 50 through, 52 through 56. And, and that, that came out July of, nine, uh, of 66. Then he was in, in, in 67, he was in Fantastic Four 60, and then annual number five. Mm-hmm. So he, he only had been in the pages of Fantastic Four up until this tales of suspense and so um yeah he's not a household name by any means but you know who was at that time right irv forbush the pink panther that's true already there had been four films out uh you know with uh, clouseau and the pink panther and so uh i would have picked it up just assuming he was fighting the pink panther Th- that would have been that would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been a good story that would have been in the what the you're right. Uh, yeah. series, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, so Bob, uh, what did what did the Pink Panther say after he stepped on the bug? I don't know. What did the Pink Panther say after he stepped on the bug? Dead ant. Dead ant. <laughs> dead ant. Dead ant. Dead ant. <laughs> dead ant. Dead ant. We're definitely dating ourselves. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke when I was a little kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those are great movies. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we get into the inside uh, first page of this story, The Claws of the Panther. And I love, this is so late 60s uh, as far as the um, the lettering is concerned, right? I mean, yeah. there's a starburst that the the title is in and then the clause uh is written differently so that it has uh you know some points to to the various tips of each of the letters and then panther is written to have like fur right um mm-hmm. and it's uh it's kind of cool I I, I I love this yeah. old you know it's three th- different this, fonts essentially we're talking yeah, here in yeah. one title yeah this honestly this might be t-shirt worthy. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, because then underneath that, you have this amazing um, uh, panel, um, splash panel by Jack Kirby and Joe Sinnott um, of Cap in this futuristic looking uh, flying device flying so high that you can see like the earth um curvature underneath him right so he's obviously really really high and then there's this 
laser coming down that's shooting across uh, the landscape, um, explosion that only Kirby can do. And then you've got uh, uh, this really cool um, lettering box. And I'll, I'll read kind of what this says here, right? So we have locked within automatic magna ship, Cap hurdles into the heart of darkest Africa in answer to an urgent summons from the Black Panther when suddenly a blistering ray from somewhere in space. It just missed the ship by inches. Warning, prepare yourself for the unexpected shock of a lifetime which awaits you at the conclusion of this cataclysmic chronicle. Say that five times fast. <laughs> the latest and possibly the greatest creation by the award-winning Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby, embellished by Joe Sinnott, lettered by Arnie Sinek. What award was that? Say that again? Uh, he said the award-winning Stan the Man Lee and Jack Kirby. I was just curious what, what award that actually was. Um, you think I that's just hyperbole or? Uh... I don't know. I wonder if they, were, if they were actually talking about uh, an award there. I'm sure they won something. <laughs> Knowing Stan Lee, he could have gave it to himself. One more than I won. So. Um, and then Cap notices it, that the blast actually melted the mountain behind him. Uh, and it, it, he said if it had struck here, the ship uh, would have been totally disintegrated. Um. So he starts to question. And since the plane is operated by remote control from the Black Panther's headquarters, I'm virtually a helpless prisoner within this cabin. From all I've heard, all I've read about the Black Panther, I took a calculated gamble deciding to trust him. If it's just a deadly trap. Wait, I'm starting to plummet earthward, about to crash. But then at the last second, the ground is opening below a hidden submerged landing field in the middle of the densest jungle. What can it all mean? I've landed. But there, from the shadows, silent figures rushing towards me, led by the Black Panther. I can't be sure of their intention, but I'm through setting myself up as a fall guy. And we see him jump out of the, uh, of the, the aircraft as only Kirby can do, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, if I could just picture, you know, just kind of paint this story for, for our listeners. Picture Cap laying down on his back, okay? Um, his head to the left, his feet to the right, and he's laying. And then picture him uh, p- tilting his head upwards and his arms maybe at a 45-degree angle. And then he's literally flying from left to right with his feet hitting um, the attackers. And so it's a, uh, it's a very Kirby-esque type of, uh, action. I took out the first wave, but, but now the Panther himself is attacking. Okay. And that's how he wants it. And then they start fighting. Uh, Cap goes to, to hit him with his shield, but Black Panther goes right underneath his legs. And then just then, uh, as Cap, um, takes him and like, falls back and does like a little judo move and tosses him over uh, using his, his own um, momentum against him. Uh, Black Panther says, enough, Captain America. You have passed your test like a master. 
I had to be certain you were not an imposter. Um, and then Cap asked him, well, what did you fire that ray at the ship? Said, no, that is the danger that faces us all. The time has come to explain. And then we cut to the next page and there's a mysterious character. We just see yellow gloves uh, ordering these um, uh, scientists. I don't know what you call them. Um, but they're the ones who are on this big device looking at um, the, the laser ray. And basically they failed because they missed the ship. And now Captain America's on his way. And they're about to, he, he orders them to be killed, but they talk him out of it. So then we cut to um, the next uh, panel at the bottom of page four. And um, those soldiers you talked about before, the white and the, the purple, are back in the jungle and they're they're looking for Captain America and the Black Panther. Uh, we cut back to where Steve and T'Challa were and they're they're um, kind of looking at everything that's going on and and T'Challa explains that the the solar bolt which almost struck you comes from a source night right high in the sky. You can see it there in the reflective lens of my tracking scope. But who put it in orbit there? And for what purpose? Why don't you answer? There's something you're not telling me. You are most perceptive, my friend. But I cannot name the one who is our enemy, for you would not believe. You must be patient. Before long, you shall see him with your very own eyes. But I can tell you this. The awesome, murderous object orbiting above mankind is actually a solar heat projector with its electronic jaws open and its mirror catching the rays of the sun. It is a thousand times more destructive than the world's largest H-bomb. Hovering silently above us, protected by an unshadowable field of vibratory force, it can instantly wipe out any single area on Earth with a single withering solar blast. That's pretty deadly. That is. It's in the vibratory force. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. No city, no nation, not one single human being is safe so long as that floating abomination remains above us. Until now, our unseen foes have merely been testing it, but I fear it is, at last, ready to strike. We need spaceships, rockets. Have you alerted shield? No, it would be in vain. There is no way to destroy it by direct attack. Its protective field is far too strong. You see, I possess rockets, and I have tried. Then, then what's the alternative? Stealth speed, and cunning. The two of us striking unexpectedly at its control complex here on Earth can render it totally useless. My men have just located a small force of their agents. If we can manage to capture one of them, I get the picture. Let's go. And they put their masks on and and uh, head off into the jungle. And T'Challa leads, as he knows the jungle better, of course, and he says, I will take the lead, for I know every foot of this terrain, even as you know your own home. So I thought it was interesting, uh, Cap's thoughts here. So I thought it'd be good to, to read yeah. that because it's, it's pertinent to the story. It is. My own home. How many years has it been since I've had a home? And how many years will it be before I can call any place home? Before I, too, could find a life and a love of my own. 
even now, the one girl I can't forget is on some unknown mission, half a world away. But I mustn't think of that. Not while the solar ray menaces all mankind. And it's a you know pretty cool panel of uh, the two of them running through the jungle. I love Cap swinging on a vine over uh, a river. And and if you don't look closely, he's going right over a, an open mouth uh, alligator. Or maybe it's a crocodile. I don't know. Yeah, crocodile for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, and that... That sort of inner monologue, Rick, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll get back to those inner monologues uh, when we do a, re, a, a, a recap at the end. But uh, it is it is so uh, Tales of Suspense early cap, right? Mm-hmm. 1960s. Pining. Uh, and so um, so they, they come up uh, on those, those soldiers in the white and purple. And uh, so they start um, they, they start firing on them. And Cap's like, you're right, move. And um, nice, nice battle scene here uh, by Jack Kirby. Um, and so they, they're, they're going through. And I love, I love this one panel where Cap's throwing his shield into a rifle, splitting it in half as the shield's coming towards the guy. Um, it's, a, it's a really cool, cool panel. Um, they're not natives. They're foreign mercenaries led by whom? And um, so Cap and, and, and Black Panther are taking these guys out. Um, but they need somebody that they can interrogate. And then from behind, in still in the jungle, um, uh, one of the soldiers says, they're too powerful. If the battle continues, we'll be smashed. At this range, I cannot miss. And he pulls up this this laser rifle with a scope. Put them out of action with a low voltage sun stun bolt shot. And they do. And it hits Black Panther and it makes a sound, Bob. Shoot. The Panther took a stun gun blast. It knocked him out. But the gunmen have taken cover all around me. I can't dodge the next shot if I don't know where it'll be coming from. I'm like a sitting duck exposed out here. Then, before the star-spangled sentinel can make another move, he gets hit, and he cries out, Bob. <laughs> Mustn't black out. Must stay conscious. But I can't. The blast was too strong. And so we cut back over to um, uh, Irma Cruel. Right? Irma Cruel. Yes. Uh, she's walking through the jungle with her briefcase. <laughs> no, not very la la la. It's an attache case. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but she can tell from the beeps that she, she in the case, that's getting uh, others are approaching. Um, so she sees, looking at her case, which also acts as a mirror, Bob. And he, she sees the, uh, the 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 white and purple garb soldiers coming up behind her with guns. They're right behind me. They have the cold, hate-filled eyes of born assassins. Which I don't know how she's seeing that because all their eyes are in shadow. <laughs> and they've got helmets on. Right? Yeah. yeah. I dare not take a single chance. The mission is too important. I must act now. And she swings, and she kicks one, and she judo chop the other. <laughs> And then she says, luckily, there are only three of you. 
too can be failed by a double judo thrust. <laughs> oh, that the double judo thrust. You can't beat the double judo thrust. No, it's, you can't. Yeah. You know, but do you know what helps, Bob? Is when the Rapello gas capsule fired right. from yeah. the courier case yeah. uh, takes out the third. Seconds later, on your feet, you are fortunate that I need you to guide me to your leader. Else my treatment of you might have been so merciful. Not for nothing is Irma Cruel called the most dangerous spy in all the world. Not for nothing. Not for nothing, buddy. Not for nothing. And then, uh, so they basically are like, all right, we don't want another butt whooping, so let's go. Uh, And then they, uh, I like this little caption here that Stan wrote. In case you're wondering who is who in the name of Forbush, Irma Cruel is, she really is Cap's secret dream chick, Agent 13 in disguise, as our more loyal legions learned last-ish. But now, back to Panthe and Winghead. Panthe? P-A-N-T-H-Y? Panthe? I didn't no. know that was his nickname. No, that's bad. No? I. You know what? Next time I run into T'Challa, I'll say that. Hey, Panthe. <laughs> so, um, uh black panther wakes up cap and cap's like we're still alone but why why didn't they try to finish us off we put up too good a fight they feared we might be playing possum now i call bs on that yeah i think this was one of those uh marvel way of doing art where uh jack draws the art and stan fills in the word balloons Uh i think i think Jack somehow just didn't account for that, right? Like, why yeah. are the soldiers gone? And I think Stan's Stan's trying to come up with a reason here that they feared we might be playing possum. Yeah. So we they shot us and ran away. Yeah, and that's the second time, right? That I think they've mentioned the playing possum bit. So you know what? That was a big thing back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Along with uh, quicksand. And, <laughs> and amnesia <laughs> it's the playing possum yeah did we have a lot of problems with possums in the must been, back must then have been a possum pandemic or something i guess I'm not sure uh so they 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 go running after them in the jungle and knowing that it's a trap and uh sure enough um they it was and they go ahead and click a lever and Cap and Black Panther fall into a huge pit. It's a very large pit. The ground opening up beneath us. A lion trap. I was too hasty. I should have detected it. Luckily, we both know how to handle a fall like that. It won't take long for us to climb out. Wait, there is a scent of many men above us. If they are led by the one I suspect, you must brace yourself. Prepare for a staggering shock. And the next panel, Cap looks very shocked. No. It sure does. It can't be. Not, not, not him. Now you know why it was you I sent for. For in all the world, you had no greater enemy than the man you thought was long since dead. The one who killed your youthful partner two decades ago. And Zemo is standing there. The first one. Well, not the first, technically, but the one that Cap fought in World War II. Just as I now plan to kill you, Zemo. 
to be continued. Zemo is like a bad penny. Really is. I mean, didn't he die in like Avengers? Yeah, it was like Avengers 15 or something, right? Yeah. Thought he was stuck under a bottom of a mountain or something. Yeah. All right, let's get to issue Tales of Suspense 99. This is the last issue, Bob, of Tales of Suspense. So let's get to uh, the cover is a cap uh, is an Iron Man cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the mercy of the Magia. Well, that's probably where I was getting Magia before. It was the syndicate that I was actually, yeah, but I said the Magia. Okay. So here's Iron Man on a, on a, a bed, like a, like a, is it a bed? Like a, some sort of table, right? Mm-hmm. And he's laying there in full uniform. Uh, yeah, maybe a little damage to his armor. And uh, he's uh, below him is, is water is, is coming in. He's getting shot at with a laser. It looks very much like a uh, James Bond, you know, like when James Bond's tied to a table and then the laser's coming down on him. And, and when James Bond's lying there and he says, do, do you expect me to talk? Yeah, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That was a great scene, right? <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a great scene. So that's what that's kind of reminiscent of here on the cover. So let's get to um, the cap story. So we get to uh, the man who lived twice. I'm, I guess they're referring to Baron Zemo here, right? And we see... Uh, Rick, 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 speaking of Bond, what, what, what Bond movie came out in 1967? You only live twice. You only live twice, right? Right. A little play, a little play on that word. I think they're, I think they were boring the, that language. Yeah, no, I, no, I like it. That's a good call. Good call by you. Um, so this opening uh, splash page of of this is we see Cap and Black Panther uh, kind of going up uh, a cable um, up the side of this pit the lion pit that they were in and Cap's going first. Black Panther is behind him. Uh, and, and by the way, this one is, um, you know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, but instead of Joe Sinnott inking, it is Sid Shores. So we probably might see a little bit of a style difference here. Uh, Artie Sinek is still um, uh, lettering it. And Cap thinks to himself, it can't be, it can't really be Zemo who captured us. With my own eyes, I saw him die beneath that rock slide many months ago. And that was in Avengers 15, which did happen about three years previously in real time. Answering an urgent call from the mysterious Black Panther, Cap speeds to darkest Africa only to find himself and his warrior chieftain ally captured by a man who should be dead. We must escape. Zemo's orbiting death ray must never be unleashed upon the earth below. And so they get up there, and um, there's Zemo with his army. And I see doubt in your eyes, Avenger, but it is uncalled for. Zemo truly lives. So, again, just wonderful Kirby-esque um, machinery, right? The, the weapons they use, just the amount of detail, and just kind of like just really just cool looking, right? So they're coming out of the pit and Zemo explains. 
Once before, I possessed a fantastic master plan, a plan for permanent and complete world conquest. You fooled me then. You thought you had crushed me, but Simo survived. All these months I planned and plotted, and now my time of triumph has come again. Now it is you who shall die. Death has no terrors for one who has faced it as often as I, but I won't die in vain, not while you remain alive. Alas, you must fool. The choice is not yours. And here we go. This might be this might be my my panel. My, my, my choice for panel. Yeah. It might be. Right? Because we got Cap and he in his in, in this nice um double panel, not double panel, but it, it's a big panel at the top of the page, right? And it stretches across. And Cap takes the the, the men that were holding him and he just throws them together and um it's uh it's pretty cool action and he says not so the choice belongs to any man who has the courage to fight on while a single breath remains and then a guy comes up behind um with a gun about to hit him in the head it was you who killed my partner bucky you who rivaled the red skulls the world's deadliest nazi no matter how many men you hurl against me i'll get you zemo so, you are still misguided enough to think that raw courage can ever defeat superior power. Go, my warriors, show him the fatal error of his ways. It's been tried before, you masked jackal. Perhaps it was. Perhaps it has. But now not even you can overcome the grim finality of a single bullet. And just then, as there's two guns in the back of his neck firing, he ducks. Don't bet on Azimo. I spent a lifetime getting out of traps like this. Look out, you bunglers. The panther has also broken free. Stop him. Stop him. And so panther's making short work, and he's knocking out some of the guards, punching them and kicking them. And then just as he's backed into that pit that he was before, he jumps backwards and does a, a, a backflip, and then, then they, the guards fall in themselves. And Zemo says, we shall take no further chances. Fire the hypno-light missile. And he fires a missile, and uh, there's this cool energy crackle um, that goes around the Black Panther. A sudden blinding light, so dazzlingly bright I cannot see. It causes my mind to reel. Everything slowly spinning around. Quick, fire missile too before Captain America can hurl his shield. It is done, Zemo. And not a second too soon. A perfect shot. It is over. Zemo has won. And the cap goes down. So maybe this time they won't just, you know, think they're playing possum. I don't know. We'll see. So they've got um, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent 13, a.k.a. Irma Cool, walking through the, uh, the, the, the jungle. And they're taking her. And and I think right here is where you can see the difference in anchor. When you look at these panels, um, yeah, you can definitely see a difference in anchoring. You sure can, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they see uh, above in the sky begins to brighten, and they're like, "Oh no, the solar ray! It, it's it's coming! It's coming this way!" Um, so they seek shelter, and they go uh, underneath a big, big like man. I don't know. That's probably like a three foot. Um, wide uh like deep um 
door opens up and they, they go into, um, let's see, you know, 40 seconds, seconds, be- 46 seconds before the beam blast. Precisely 46 seconds. Yeah, they got that down to a science. Yeah, they, Stan is very particular about 53 minutes to get to Wakanda, 46 seconds. To, and this thing looks like uh, Patrick Starr's house from SpongeBob SquarePants. You know? oh, that's it's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, I guess big boulder lifts up. Yeah. Come on down here. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go, Patrick. Um, so they... Uh, they go and then and, and the, the big fire uh, z- zaps down and it looks like it ricochets. Interesting, I know. Uh, but anyway, uh, the ray is directly above us, cutting a swath across the untamed land like a silent blazing sword. Uh, so then we see Cap and, and Black Panther lying down, uh, sitting in front of Zemo on his throne. And you know it's a throne because it's got a table next to it with a bowl of fruit. And a beverage, yeah. A, a pitcher of some beverage, yes. Yes, and a chalice, right? Right. <laughs> a pitcher, a chalice, a bowl of fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They begin to awake, Excellency. So, we are both your captives. Of course. Surely you didn't expect it to end in any other way. What? You still presume to attack me? Don't you realize how much my hypnolite has weakened you? It has temporarily shattered your ability to strike a blow. See, your mind has become disoriented. You cannot hit me. But since Zemo has not been so affected, the time has come to discipline you. And he punches Cap down. And since the Panther does not choose to learn by your experience, he too shall be accorded the self-same treatment. And he does a judo chop. And he knocks Black Panther down. And they both try to get up. Your courage far exceeds your wisdom. Indeed, I shall have use for hirelings such as you. And uh, T'Challa doesn't like that. Hireling, you are addressing a king, the chieftain of all the Wakandas. Easy, partner. Let's both hear him out. And then he whispers, we have to stall while the hypno-light wears off. What's changed you, Zemo? You seem colder, even more diabolical than ever before. That is of no importance. What I am now about to show you is. And he talks about uh, the, the laser ray. And I, I want to go through this. The most potent weapon ever devised. My orbiting death ray. Utilizing the limitless energy of the sun itself. It becomes a gigantic deadly laser beam. <laughs> which will make... I mean, master of all mankind. Does anybody else not think, anytime you see the words laser beam, especially coming from a villain? Right, yeah. A little cold yeah. action going? Yeah, it's got to be, you got to do it in the Dr. Evil voice. It's just absolutely essential. Laser. Now, the other, uh, I got a pet peeve here. Bob. So he says, utilizing the limitless energy of the sun itself, utilizing. Mm-hmm. Eh, <laughs> I can't stand that word. Uh, Utilizing. Uh-huh. You don't like that? You want I can't something stand simpler. Right. Yeah, it's like using. Just just say using. <laughs> but but you know, you're taking a two two syllable word and making uh-huh. it four syllables. It, Why? It has the self-same meaning. Exactly. Or just say same. 
Thank you. Thank you. Touche. Yeah, no, utilizing, I, I swear to God, I, I, I hear people use the word utilizing and I'm like, are you just trying to make yourself sound smarter? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to utilize this pen. Really? <laughs> you're going to utilize the pen. Is that what you're going to do? You just sound stupid. <laughs> you're going to use the pen, please. All right. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Okay, good, good. Should any nation dare defy me, I can obliterate it in a matter of seconds. Not even missiles can destroy my beam, for it can disintegrate them the instant they are launched. And now, as soon as my agent, Irma Krull, brings me a stolen list of U.S. nuclear base targets, I will wipe out the United States. And um, so at that point, Cap and Black Panther have heard enough. Even though they're groggy, they're still going to go after them. But um, uh, soldiers just come all over, you know, just attack everywhere and just, you know, uh, pile drive them. And, and so hold on right though because this is a, a this panel right here is uh is a is a candidate for me anyway yeah. of uh, not only you know my favorite panel but possibly a t-shirt oh the right. one that says yeah we're, we know cap and yeah cap and, and black panther charging toward the perspective of the viewer and mm-hmm. cap says right even though we're still groggy we've got to stop them and then Panther yeah. says, better to die as men than live as slaves. But Ooh. I love how it starts. Start, I mean, that's a very powerful sentiment, but I love how it starts off with, even though we're still groggy. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, that's I, pretty I, much me every day, right? Even though I'm still groggy, I still have to do XXX. So this, this I'd love to have this as a t-shirt. Nice. Yeah. And then Baron Zemo says, your weapons, quickly use your you fools, use the weapons against them. And they do. And uh, with that, they, they take out Cap and Black Panther. But then Irma Krul shows up. Good, good. Show her in. I am already in, Baron Zemo. Ha! Soon it should be Baron no more. It will be Emperor of all mankind. He's as mad as they said he is. And now you shall have a rare chance to prove your undying loyalty to me. The Black Panther and Captain America. Oh, no, no, it can't be. It mustn't. Those on the floor are my enemies. Take this gun, Arma Crow. You know what to do. If I refuse, he'll know that I'm an imposter. But I cannot shoot the man I love. And yet the fate of the entire world is at stake. My mission must not fail. You have your orders? Execute them now. Neither my life nor that of my beloved is as vital as my mission. May heaven forgive me. I know what I must do. Next, the fatal ending. And and there we go, Bob. We're going to Captain America 100. Here we are, finally. Wow. Cap in his own magazine at last. That's what it says at the top of the cover. And what a great cover it is. Now, I have my faults there's some things i don't like about it yes yes we've heard them all <laughs> but it is an iconic cover it is but can it is you imagine iconic. how exciting rick how exciting this was yeah in 1968 yep yep the beginning of, of 1968 when this came out it had the cover date of, of april 1968 but yeah it would be so exciting because 
you know, as a Captain America fan, he gets his own series. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to split split it with Iron Man anymore. That is but, that's pretty cool. I mean, today, I mean, we've got you know, we've got the inter interweb, right? We got news and like we know previews, we know what's coming out. Back then, not as easy, not, not as clear. Mm-hmm. Like how many how many fans, how many readers must have walked into their drugstore, right, to get their Tales of Suspense with Cap Story. And instead, they're faced with this because, you know, they weren't reading the fanzines or, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's must, so exciting. I mean, that must and, have been like, what? Yeah, I mean, they knew. They knew it was exciting because they say Cap in his own magazine at last. Big premiere issue. Like a little ribbon on the cover. Like they like they, they get a little bold ribbon there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the cover, you know, for those who may not remember, um, it is a, a, a great Jack Kirby cover. Where he is um, charging. And then behind him, you've got Black Panther. You've got Agent 13. You've got the Avengers. you got Namor. Um, the, my only thing I don't like about this cover is it's like the background kind of got like drawn in, you know? Um, like Cap's just floating in air. Um, Black Panther's floating in air. Uh, it, it's a little, uh, it's a little odd that way. Now I read somewhere that there was a another version of this cover where there is a big shadow of Baron Zemo, but they decided to take that shadow out. Now I don't know if that plays into huh. this. I don't know if that plays into the footing and and how everything is is listed there. Um, Duke's new, but anyway, very iconic cover. And the title to this one is This Monster Unmasked. And I'm going to kind of, you know, just for the sake of time, Bob, I'm going to kind of cut through this a little bit. Uh But but basically, the the first couple pages here are a recap of of Avengers 4. Um, So we have here um captain america frozen in ice and it says a frozen a giant slab of ice stands a figure of a man a man unique in all of the world a man for the ages a living legend and then um the eskimos are there uh worshiping this frozen idol and then namor shows up he's angry he he's you know he's got a, a war against all surface dwellers um, and he tosses the uh, into the ocean, and then sure enough, the Avengers are coming by in the submarine. They come across it, they pull him in, and then we, uh, you know, that's that's the first three pages of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a nice recap, and I think that's a great idea. I mean, that was kind of brilliant on Stan and Jack's part to, hey, if this is the first issue of Captain America, issue one hundred, let's have a little quick origin you know, recap. Oh, recap. Yeah. Yeah. And it ties very nicely into the fact that if you remember when Cap came out of the ice and woke up, he was yelling for Bucky, right? And and Bucky's gone and, and he's, you know, upset. Well, who was the person behind that? Baron Zemo. So it's a good tie-in. And so we get to the uh, this part where Cap's yelling, Bucky's gone, the plane is destroyed. It was Zemo who killed him. But why am I remembering now? How was I frozen in the ice and finally found and brought back to life by the Avengers? It happened so many years ago. Wait, 
it, it's coming back to me. The panther and I, we were captured by Zemo, then hit with his ray. I must have been unconscious. And so it's a good transition. Uh, it was a nice, nice way to do that. Um, and, and sure enough, Black Panther's there. He's like, cap, snap out of it. Uh, we got to move. Um, Zemo just ordered this girl to shoot you. And um, uh, one of the soldiers knocks Black Panther back. Um, and Cap feels the ray wearing off. And he hears the voice of Zemo ordering his death. And then this is where we picked up, right? And Sharon Carter, uh, as Irma Cruel has been ordered to fire at him. Um, the cap notices she's hesitating and, you know, he's curious about that. And so um, Sharon's thinking, you know, so kind of a recap of, of you know, I got to do this, right? Um, if I don't, you know, all mankind's going to kind of be destroyed. Um, and Zemo's telling her to fire. So she thinks to herself, he doesn't recognize me. He doesn't yet realize who I really am. We've both sworn to give our lives in defense of freedom. And yet, how can I do it? How? How? And just then, Black Panther knocks Cap down and she fires. And she says, then die, Captain America. And Cap thinks to himself, only I could tell. She aimed inches above my head. Bah, the female missed. Fools, you think that can save you? Can I not fire again and again? So Cap thinks to himself, then why does she merely speak? Why does she fire again? What is her real purpose? Let us save them for later, Zemo. It is the mission that matters most. Perhaps you are right. Have you brought me the vital information? Of course, Irma Cruel does not fail. In this case, I have the location of every important missile base on Earth. Within a matter of minutes, your orbiting solar ray can destroy them all. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Mr. Burns. <laughs> oh, Smithers. <laughs> Let us begin at once. Then we should return and devise a fitting fate for our helpless captives. I must leave you, my darling. Everything depends upon the next few minutes. And then uh, Cap and Black Panther are whispering to each other. Um, you know, are you ready? Yes. Um, so then, <laughs> I love this. Sharon asks questions about this panel, which is, look at the, look at the detail on this panel. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, Kirby stuff. And she's like, so that is the main console, which com completely controls the solar ray? Zemo's like, yeah. Without <laughs> this, my array would be no more than a worthless piece of orbiting space debris. <laughs> Just in case anyone wanted to know, <laughs> this panel also controls the unbreakable force field, which guards my ray from any attack that shield might make upon it. This falls into the sharing too much information yeah. category. Right. Yeah. Sharon's like, how very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> now, give me the location of the first missile site. My ray will blast it into oblivion right before your eyes. And so, uh, but before the the two costume captains can make another move. Uh, she hits the hidden button on the side of her attache case and out pops this nine inch laser gun that just pops out of it. Look, 
within her case, a miniaturized flamethrower. And now, Zemo, it is my turn. Stop her. If those flames hit my control panel, all is lost. Way to wait. Good job for exposition. <laughs> You're too late. And it makes a big explosion. There's a fire and it makes a loud noise, Bob. <laughs> no. She's a spy, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shoot her, shoot her. I'd face a thousand deaths to save the world from a madman like you, but you'll not face them alone. Not while the Panther and I still live. Attack. And uh, so Black Panther and, and Steve uh, go after them. These, these are cool panels too, Bob. They are. That's a pretty, pretty cool one right there. We've got to make every blow count. And some great Kirby style action. Um, and then just then, Cap, look out behind you. The girl, she saved my life a second time. Don't ever threaten an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Her glasses fell off. Her hair tumbling down. Wait, it's, it's <laughs> Agent 13? What? Oh, Cap, I was so afraid that we'd never find each other. Attention all units, red alerts, red alerts. His communicator, he must not use it again. And he never will, Panther. Loud noise. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was looking. I was looking for something. Hold on. Again, you are too late. Help is already on the way. The three of you are doomed. So the three of them uh, run off, and they go into uh, this corridor, and. Uh, they're going through, um, and Black Panther's like, stand back. This is the task for the Panther. I can sense an ambush no matter how well concealed it may be. Then, after tense minutes of careful advancing, tense minutes? Tense. Minutes. They, they, they spend minutes in the corridor? Intensely. Just ahead of us, the dull throbbing of heavy footfalls. Zemo's reinforcements. There are many of them, far too many. Yeah, I wonder why there's too many. Because you spent minutes in the same freaking corridor. <laughs> you gave them time to go on the other end. And, then, and, and, and this is a cool panel, too, because you got mm-hmm. dozens of, of the soldiers, you know, in the white and purple. And uh, there they are. We found them. Remember the master's command. Shoot the kill. They must not escape. They're completely trapped. There's no place they can run. Too many to fight. You must lose them somehow. So, uh, oh, there's a uh, panel on the side. Yeah. Uh, and it's the door control button. And Bob, he he hits the, which button does he hit? He hits close, of course. Yes. Yeah. Because there's an open button and there's a close button. And they're yeah. very well labeled. Yeah. Very helpful. Let the girls stand behind us. They're almost here. But we'll show them how dearly free men sell their lives. No, we still have a chance. If I could smash the entrance in this air vent. Hurry, I have a gun. I'll hold them off. No, take her with you, Panther. If anyone holds them off, it'll be me, the man. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, once you're safe, I'll come back and help him. Cap, if anything should happen, no, don't even say it. Keep moving. I can hold them off for at least two minutes. 
So Cap's using a gun here. A gun? He's Yes, that's right. Cap 100, duly noted. In Captain America 100, the first issue of the Captain America Silver Age series, Cap is firing a gun. The vent is larger than we thought. There's room for all of us up at once. Hurry, Avenger. We'll go together. So far, so good. Only one of them can climb through the opening at one time. And they don't dare while my ammo holds out. So it's not even like a stun gun. Yeah, right. So uh, they don't know where the, the leads, but um, Zemo says, you know, let them go. I want them to reach the other end of the vent. Have you soon so forgotten? That is where the Destructon stands guard. The Destructon? He was created to be the ultimate bodyguard. Nothing that lives get past him. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be beaten. And they'll reach him within seconds. And so certainly they do. Um, Black Panther pops open the vent and uh, he lands. And from behind, the Destructon hits him. I was I would thought the Black Panther couldn't be crept up on. Maybe uh, he can't be crept up on by maybe people. Maybe the destructon doesn't uh doesn't trigger his uh instincts, you know. Maybe maybe it's not a living being. I am a destructon. It is my function to attack any who invade these quarters and whom I do attack, I do destroy. So Cap uh, goes after him with a shield um, and hits him from behind. Um, and then he says to Sharon, I love this, hold your fire, girl. We'll see how he fights hand to hand. That's kind of sexist, don't you think? Yeah, this is going in my time capsule. Stanley's <laughs> Stan references to women. <laughs> hold your fire, girl. You should have you should have fled while you had the chance. And now this is a very Kirby-esque move where someone is doing an uppercut, but with both hands. Double uppercut, yeah. And then you see the person who's getting on the other side of them. All you see them is falling back with their legs and arms flailing. But this time, it's Cap flailing. But even as Cap staggers back, a black guard fury hurls himself into the fray. Everything that lives is vulnerable. Somewhere, somehow, you must have a weak spot. And if you do, the panther will find it. Another Kirby-esque panel. Despite his strength, he cannot even begin to match my speed. But it seems useless. My blows have no effect upon him. The Destructon cannot be stopped. And then Sharon fires, but it doesn't cause any harm. So, but Cap jumps behind him, puts his arms around his, like his chest, I want to try something my way. I noticed two metal studs upon his torso. They must be his main function controls. If I, I can manage to put them out of action. If I guess right, they'll never turn again. My hunch paid off. I was lucky enough to smash his mobility control. They'll never move again. But just then, uh, Zemo and all the soldiers come in and are dumbfounded that the Destructon was, uh, was felled. And Zemo says, you frustrated me for the last time. Fight or will. It won't work, Zemo. You've made your final mistake. Hold your fire. You're fighting on behalf of an imposter. This isn't the real Baron Zemo, and I can prove it. I noticed that his ma face mask was loose, 
Zemo's was tight as a drum and he pulls off the mask. Now, why was Zemo's face tight as a drum? Uh, it got bonded to his face in, in an accident that, uh, that Cap caused. Yes, with adhesive X. Mm-hmm. No one could ever remove it like this. I admit it. I am not Baron Zemo. Now I recognize you. I was Zemo's pilot. I flew over the site the day he died. Then I waited till his death was forgotten. Then I returned to the site. I studied his papers, learned his secrets. Traitor, you've deceived us. We serve only Zemo. But don't you see Zemo is dead? You lied to us. You must pay for that. And they shoot him. Dead. And Cap just stands there and lets it happen. Hmm. What's up with that? Poor Gruber. The entire world was almost within my grasp, but now it's ended forever. And Black Panther says, lay down your arms. No longer is there a reason for you to fight. You are without leader, without cause. He's right. No one's left to pay us. But what do you do? I am T'Challa. He takes off his mask. Son of T'Chaka, king of all of Wakanda. He stands before, and even now, my warriors surround this bunker, awaiting my command. There is no place in all the jungle where you can hide. No place where you can flee. I pledge you fair trial. I pledge the justice of the Wakanda. The decision is yours. We have no choice. We accept your terms. The threat is ended. The battle won. And then Cap and Sharon have a quiet, tender moment. Only one thing remains. The deadly solar ray is still in orbit above us. But now at last it can be destroyed. And then, what of us? Can we even dare to hope that there still may be life for us together? We each have our duty. Why is duty such a jealous master? Can it never share the heart with love? Wow. Wow. Caps Caps are romantic. He really is, yeah. I know he's an artist. I didn't know he was a poet. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to the next panel and it's Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan. And they, uh, they realize that the force field's down. They fire the missiles and they destroy the satellite death ray. And then we cut to a little later um, and they're back on the, the little flying uh, aircraft. And Cap and uh, Sharon are sitting back and T'Challa's piloting it and they're flying over the sea. It's it's indeed an honor to have a king for a pilot. Does this mean you accept my offer, T'Challa? I wish to consider it, my friend. Since I'm no longer on active duty with the Avengers, they have a vacancy in their roster, one which I hope will be filled by the Panther. But what does the future hold for you? So long as freedom may be threatened, Captain America must follow his destiny wherever it may lead. And next ish, it will lead us to the supremely sinister Red Skull. And there we have it. There we have it. Now, T'Challa does go um, off to uh, being the Avengers um, uh, issues uh, 51 and 52. So those are the next two appearances of T'Challa. So, Bob. Um, before we get into uh, our panel picks, our T-shirt worthy, and our time capsule, what what are your thoughts on um, this Tales of Suspense story leading to Cap's ongoing series? 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a fun story, Rick, right? I mean, who doesn't like a space-based laser? Yeah, um, laser, know, laser, right? I mean, and you know, they're they're even popular now. I mean, we got politicians who love space-based lasers, and mm-hmm. you know, so it's a big deal. So uh, believable, number one. Uh, I love the fact that you know they got the the imposter Zemo, Hans Gruber, his old pilot, picking up the mantle temporarily. I thought that was awesome. Uh, and it's great to see Panther and and Cap working together. I mean, that's always a good story when those two get together. They they do seem to they 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 gel together. They work together. Their personalities work together. And uh, you know, the one drawback for me, Rick, is you know, is the whole Sharon Carter thing. And you remember we talked about this when we did the uh, the retcon show, right? Mm-hmm. And how Sharon was killed off, and and how I think that was a great. A great move uh, to kill off Sharon, or at least temporarily kill her off, and allow allow the Cap mythos, allow Steve Rogers to reset because this got old. This whole pining for Sharon, Sharon pining for Steve, uh, in addition to the whole pining over Bucky and the whole you know man out of time thing, I think got to be a real drag after a while and going mm-hmm. back and reading some of these early stories with sort of that lovey-dovey stuff I don't know what Stan Lee was thinking about I don't know if he was trying to appeal to a certain demographic you know if, if he's trying to tap into the love story comic genre at the same time as the superhero genre but it's a lot of awkward stuff, um, you know retrospectively so that was a little bit on the downside for me but it is you know it's a time capsule in itself. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun going back to this time period uh, or any, you know, 70s, 80s, you know, because we, we have a lot of fun. I mean, come on. This story is over 50 years old. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's you know, to your point, it's 54 years old. <laughs> uh, right. And, yeah. And so it, it's funny just to, to see the evolution of the characters evolution of writing evolution of art evolution of the medium um and you know i think these all you know can be appreciated for what they were in their time Mm -hmm. and uh and therefore be you know respected and revered i mean i think i think these are classic stories yeah yeah i mean the wholesome stories right i mean these were just pure good storytelling that anybody could enjoy at the time, right? Whether you were 10 or whether you were 54, you could have picked this up and, uh, and, and enjoyed the story. It wasn't completely sophisticated. It didn't have a lot of, you know, hidden context or hidden meaning. It was just pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yep. hundred um, percent. You know, a couple of things too, you know, we, we just did, uh, you know, our stories about retcons, right? Um, so, Captain America and Black Panther's first meaning has been retcon a couple of times. Um, I will say in 2001, uh, in the Black Panther series um, by Christopher Priest, uh, in issue 30, and it was drawn by Norm Rafogel, um, this was the story where Cap met T'Chaka, uh, T'Challa's father, during World War II. And so there was a story, you know, where uh, Cap goes over to Wakanda. So this isn't the first time he's been to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute. 
Then uh, in 2010, there was a miniseries called Flags, it was Captain America Black Panther, Flags of Our Fathers. And Reginald Hudlin was the writer for this one. Um, I think Dennis, Dennis Cohen was the artist. And um, this again was a story uh, with Nick Fury in World War II and Cap over there. And, and, and Hudlin decided to change it from being T'Chaka to being um, uh, T'Chaka's father, T'Challa's grandfather. Um, which makes more sense, right? Um, and anyway, so in in both stories, Cap ends up leaving there with some vibranium. Now, in Priest's story, um, T'Chaka gave it to him. In Hudlin's story, Fury had Cap steal some. Uh, so anyway. I, I, th- I felt that was interesting. Now, that is, yeah. you, you, you would say, well, yeah, he's never met T'Chaka before. So this is the first time he met T'Chaka. But why would he not remember being in Wakanda? Or why would he not think about that? And um, it was interesting. Stan and Jack, back in Tales of Suspense 75, right? we covered this, I think. But um, Cap was in the Avengers Man, and he was reflecting on how he can't recall the past that well and you know, gaps like, yes yeah right and and that's why he didn't remember name that's why you know uh mm-hmm. some things like that right so uh this was stan and jack's way of kind of like eh, you know we're gonna fix some plot devices you know yeah. escape whatever. patch right that was an escape patch the old amnesia escape patch yeah yeah so i thought I thought that was kind of um, some extra perspective to kind of bring to this story that, you know, especially since we just recently did talk about some retcons that this story was retconned. Um, And uh, so Cap, um, this was the first meeting with T'Challa, but he had met um, previous Black Panthers in Wakanda during World War II. You know what I do want to see though? I'm going to bring this up with every creator that I, uh, that we talk to from here on out that, um, I, I want to see one character brought back from this story arc in a future story. And that's Irma Cruel. Really? We've never seen Irma. She's never appeared again in mm. any Marvel comic after her appearance in the closet. Uh, and uh, I think that would be awesome to bring back Irma Krull. I mean, she's the world's deadliest spy for crying out loud, according to Sharon, right? And yet we never saw her again. And she looks apparently like Sharon. Yeah, yeah, apparently. That Um, would be cool to see her brought back. Yes, I I agree with you on that one. I think that's a good idea. Uh, And we can also do, um, you know, I mean, it might be a cool story with her and Black Widow. Right, yeah. I'd like to, we'll see what happens. You may want to get her revenge on Sharon. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. So uh, we talked a little bit about this. What was your favorite panel from these stories? All right. I think my favorite panel was uh, it was a splash page on uh, the fifth page of the Cap story uh, of of, um, Cap 100. Uh, And it's the one where Sharon's pointing the gun and Cap's got like this shocked expression and Zemo's leaning over, you know, with his fists clenched. It's a, and and the group of henchmen behind uh, Zemo, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful splash page. And that, that, that to me, uh, that just the shocked look on, on, on Cap's face 
it's not even really a shock look it's more like a what yes uh, but i love i love that that page okay that's a good one um i think i'm going to go with um issue 90 um 99 um and it was page three panel one mm-hmm and that was when um, he, he's, he's confronting Zemo. And he's mm. got the two guys on each side of him. And then he, he, uh, he takes the two and he throws them together into that panel. And, and Cap says, not so. The choice belongs to any man who has the courage to fight on while single breath remains. How Cap is that? That is Cap. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I like, listen, probably most of the times when I go panels, I'm going to pick the cap speeches. <laughs> and to yeah. me, that was yeah. one of the, one of the better speeches uh, in this story. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Uh, this is how like language changes, right? Cause my son, every, every time I like, I, I'll be like, Hey, that's uh, Hey honey, you, you look awesome. You know, to my wife, my son will go, that's, that's so cap. But it means that's bullshit. <laughs> That's what? how that that's how that term is used now among <laughs> you that know awesome means bullshit cap yeah that's that's so cap is that 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 term cap is used by young kids today to mean like nah that's not true that's fake you know that's, that's what yeah I've never heard this in my life yeah yeah I'm gonna have to ask my daughter ask her what cap means yeah I'm sure that's not a like where your son goes to school type of thing uh, no I mean all the kids use that right so um yeah it's just like you know salty means something different now it means angry and uh why are you so salty you know that's not how it was used when I grew up or certainly in my background but so words you know have different meanings so whenever he says that's so cap I'm like yeah <laughs> but he's like no that's not a good thing <laughs> oh so, that yeah. makes me that makes me sad yeah well sorry man sorry to bring you down yeah. all right so that's a good panel I, I, yeah you're right that's a great speech great panel so uh and when you said you were going to put something in the time capsule uh what was that going to be well that was uh that page uh, from mm-hmm. from issue 97 tale suspense it was yeah. page six that was when the page had um, him going through a a mugshot, a yeah, um, mugshot book, right? Uh, book, yeah. And then the the old looking police car, and then the oh, guys yeah. were walking into clothing. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I think that's totally nineteen sixty seven, nineteen sixty eight. All right, that's good. I was going to go with uh, you know the language, uh, gal, uh, chick, uh, uh, girl. The girl, yeah, all those were used in that uh, in that that story. But I think I'm going to go with uh, the telecommunication system that uh, Sharon used to try to call Cap a couple times, but you know they didn't have the capacity to leave a message. There's no record. Don't leave your message at the beep. That that didn't mm-hmm. exist yet. You know, couldn't text them, couldn't do anything like that. You just had to sit by the phone and wait for your loved one to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i'm uh, definitely sticking the telephone into the time capsule nice i like that all right what is uh what is t-shirt worthy for you all right well you know there were i was really wrestling with uh with three of them um 
But I think I'm going to go with uh, Zemo from episode, uh, issue uh, 99. I like that image, you know, because from my view, I've got a bunch of calf t-shirts. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also know you have a, a Red Skull t-shirt, mm-hmm. as, as I do. And I think there's, there's not enough villain t-shirts. And I think there needs to be. We've got to celebrate Cap's villains a little bit, right? And I like the image of Zemo reclining on his throne with that little table <laughs> with the pitcher and uh-huh. the, the, you know, the chalice and the fruit. And the one quote, of course, Right. I love that. Right. Because that's the something my everything ever says to me. I could just say recline on my throne. Would you like dinner? Of course. You know, can I get you a cold one? Of course. Right. Would you like the remote control? Of course. Right. So I want that image on a shirt of Zemo reclining on his throne with that text bubble. Of course. I like that. Okay. Very nice. Um, Yeah. There's so many good ones uh that could they're t-shirt worthy in this um I, i'm not 100 percent sure i know i said before that i liked the um the opening splash page um to 98 and i may just go with that because mm-hmm. I, to me there's just so many cool things going on there um, like I said, the claws of the panther, the, the font on that, yeah. the, the Kirby-esque explosions, Cap in a Wakanda jet, um, seeing Stan, the man, Jack, King Kirby, you know, just all that together in one. Uh, it's just, it's pretty cool. I, I would, I would cool. put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. Put it on a t-shirt. Get this man a t-shirt. Exactly. All right, Bob. So next episode. We got some cool stuff coming up, Bob. This is um, this is gonna really really cool. Episode ninety one is going to be our monthly interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will come out the the first Wednesday in July, and we have not one guest, Bob, but two, and we have the writers of the new Captain America Sentinel of Liberty series that just launched, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Are going to join the show yeah that's going to be awesome i you know i don't know if you've read it yet rick but i have, I have and yeah. it is phenomenal yeah so yeah we we purposely wanted to talk with them after uh such liberty number one came out so we could talk about that issue um and also you know they wrote um the winter soldier one shot that was for the uh devil's reign story that came out and uh and that was really good so i want to talk to him about that too yeah. uh, because uh winter soldier is going to have a, a major part in the sentinel liberty series and so that that gives us a little bit of uh you know looking into that character yeah so that'll be fun uh so we'll have jackson and colin on the show so come back next episode for that all right i will rick i'm gonna do that i'm coming back and listeners let us know what you think of this format um obviously it didn't save any time uh but uh but let us know if if this hybrid format if you like this um if uh or you know what uh maybe maybe we do even less maybe it's we don't even take us through the story but we just talk about the story we want to hear what you guys think so let us know uh in the comments section in the facebook group what you think of this and uh we really appreciate it and then don't forget please subscribe uh and please rate 
uh, on whatever podcast you're listening. Uh, we really do appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. All right. It's been fun rapid cap with you. It has. Let's do this again real soon. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. 